the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Todd Starnes radio program. So very happy to have you with us today. A lot going on out there in the news. It is going to be a very busy News Day here on the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Uh, we've got a lot of different stories we are uh, keeping tabs on, and uh, we're going to do our very best to uh, keep you updated on all the big happenings around the nation. Um, a couple of things before we get into the big Trump news. Uh, there is new information coming out about this this attack on Paul Pelosi. Now, we have been pretty upfront with you folks. And uh, first of all, we don't believe anybody deserves to be smacked in the head with a hammer. And um, we we think that whoever did this, quite frankly, should uh, face the full extent of the law. Uh, we do know that if the Democrats had implemented stronger border policies, this would not have happened because the attacker is, in fact, an illegal alien. But beyond that, uh, we also know that Capitol Police, even though they were assigned to monitor to handle surveillance on the Pelosi household, the beautiful mansion that uh, Nancy and Paul Pelosi live in in San Francisco, that that particular night, at that particular time, the security officers were not actually monitoring the cameras that were focused on the mansion. And, of course, there are a lot of questions. Uh, the early reporting was immediately refuted and retracted. Um, a lot of reports out there that Paul Pelosi and the suspect were in their underpants and that um, that there may have been something else going on. And, of course, we told you folks early on, look, we have a lot of questions, and it's okay to ask questions, but you really can't speculate because we don't know what was happening in that household. We have no idea. So you cannot, as a matter if you're a conservative or a liberal journalist, you cannot just speculate. I mean, you can ask questions, you can take those questions, and you can form a, a, an idea of what happened. But we have some new information coming out. And this is from NBC News. So it's not from some sort of a far-right extremist website, or it's not from Fox News. This is from NBC News. And I'm going to share this information with you, and I'm, I, want you to, I want you to ponder the question I'm, I'm going to ask. Because just day before yesterday, you had Joe Biden announcing to the nation that what happened to Paul Pelosi was akin to what happened on January the 6th, 
Um, you've got Joe Biden out there suggesting that this uh, pro-BLM, pro-LGBT, nudist and drug user was a part of the MAGA community, and we know that not to be true. But Biden wants you to think that this attack is some sort of a right-wing hate crime. When in fact, it A, it is not, and B, the information coming out now about the attack raises even more questions. So this is, again, from NBC News in San Francisco. New details have emerged about the moments when responding officers arrived at the home of Paul and Nancy Pelosi. The morning, Pelosi was attacked with a hammer. And this is where it gets weird. When the officers arrived, they were unaware whose home it was. Okay, I don't believe that for one minute. This is the third person in line to the presidency. How would they not know this was the home of Nancy Pelosi? They were unaware whose home it was, and after a knock and announce, in other words, they were knocking, this is the police, open up! And what happened? Well, the front door was opened by Paul Pelosi. That's according to an NBC News report, citing sources familiar with the events at the home. Now, early on, we were told, what was the narrative? We were told that somebody opened the door. They, so we were led to believe there was a third party who opened the door. And when they opened the door, there they were fighting on the floor in their underpants over the hammer. And that's when the attacker whacked Pelosi on the skull with the, with the hammer. But now we know that's not the case. So the now the reporting is that Paul Pelosi opened the door and greeted the police, and according to NBC News, after answering the door, Pelosi began walking several feet towards the assailant and away from the police into the foyer. It's unclear if Pelosi was already injured or what his mental state was. The officer saw Pelosi and the suspect, who smiled at them, and a struggle ensued as officers saw DePape strike Pelosi with a hammer. This is all very odd, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I've never been in a situation quite like this, um, but if I were, and let's just say for a moment that you had some guy who had broken into my home and was threatening to harm me, and I'm going to the front door, and I'm opening up the front door, and there are the police, uh, I'd be saying, thank God you're here. There he is. Get him. But that's not what happened here. So now my question would be, okay, what re- what was really going on? Nancy Pelosi, by the way, is now officially calling for privacy in the matter. What do you make of that? What do you make of this report that Paul Pelosi was the guy who opened the door for cops? Why do you think he did that? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, again, the, the Bidens, the mainstream media, the Democrats, they want you to believe this was some sort of a right-wing hate crime against Paul Pelosi. But based upon the information we are seeing and that's being published out there, uh, it looks as though something very different was happening in that home in San Francisco. Very odd, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very odd. So anyway, we'll take your calls then. I'm curious, what you what do you make of all of that? 
seems to me if you really were being attacked, if somebody was trying to do you harm, you would actually embrace the police, right? But I'm more interested to know why the police are covering all of this up. And, and that's another question that needs to be answered. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. President Trump, according to Axios, is going to announce his run for the White House in um, just under two weeks. So th- the reporting from Axios is that on November 14th, Donald Trump is scheduled to announce his run for the White House. Newsmax's uh, Mark Halperin also has a report. He says that the president's inner circle is blocking off days in their calendar and preparing travel in in anticipation of the official announcement. Again, that would be November 14th, and that would kick off a multi-day series of political events. Now, Newsmax is quoting three sources with knowledge of this information. Last night, President Trump was in Iowa, and he hinted about it several times. Uh, Let's uh, start with cut number four. And did much better the second time than I did the first, getting millions more votes in 2020 than I got in 2016, and likewise, getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And now, in order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again, okay? Very, very, very probably. Very, very, very Oh, that's nice. Well, get ready. That's all I'm telling you. Very soon. Get ready. Get ready. All right. President Trump saying, get ready, get ready. That's all he's going to say about it right now. So my question is, folks, um, looking like November 14th, I mean, clearly people are talking, getting everybody ready. We knew he was going to wait until after the midterm elections to make this announcement. Will you support Donald Trump? if he decides to run for re-election. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be taking your calls on that. Also, these bizarre developments in the Pelosi case. Nancy Pelosi now telling the nation she wants privacy. What do you make of this? This is the Todd Stern Show. You guys have helped build MyPillow into an incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. 
Their six-piece towel set made with USA cotton comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, now just $39.98 with my promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-839-8506 and use the promo code STARNS. Or go to MyPillow.com slash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com slash STARNS and use the promo code STARNS. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. Of course, that breaking news from Newsmax and Axios, Trump getting ready to announce his presidential run. But we got to get to the midterms. Coming up Tuesday, looking at Oklahoma, a big Senate race there. And uh, our next guest is in a double-digit lead uh, in the latest polling data we're looking at. Uh, this is from Fox 25. Uh, Senator James Langford, 51%. Uh, his Democrat opponent uh, pulling in 35%. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Senator Langford, good to have you with us today. Hey, good to be with you as well. And, uh, Senator, those polling numbers have to look good, but I know you can't take anything for granted. Uh, what are you doing to make sure that you get back to the U.S. Senate? Yeah, as everyone will tell you, the only poll that matters is the one that's next Tuesday when everyone actually gets this uh, final thing resolved and we start counting votes and go from there. Uh, so I've actually been out all day, like a lot of folks have that are actually in campaign mode right now, meeting people, uh, hanging out, getting a chance to go to breakfast places and meeting different folks on the phone. And I'm actually headed to my next spot right now to get a chance to meet with a whole group of folks at a lunch uh, lunch spot and uh, just get a chance to be able to answer those last questions. Most folks have made up their mind already. They know where they're going, so I encourage them to vote. Other folks are still thinking about it and looking at it and get a chance to be able to answer those last questions. Senator, um, Oklahoma holds the distinction of being the reddest of red states in America. Every county uh, voting for President Trump in the last uh, two elections. Um, I'm curious to know, what are the issues uh, that you're hearing from your constituents? What's on their mind? Yeah, well, the price of eggs comes to mind right away on this. So many folks talk to me about, have you, have you bought eggs lately? Have you bought gasoline? Uh, breakfast this morning, folks, guys, we're talking about diesel fuel. Uh, anybody that's running a tractor right now in ag is talking about the price of fertilizer and the price of fuel for tractors or just the price of equipment. Uh, all those things affect everyone day to day. So there's also a lot of conversation just about crime and where things are going, illegal drugs, people illegally crossing the border. Uh, they want to know how that's going to stop. Uh, so folks are very, very passionate about just saying, hey, just let me live my life, but stop driving the price of everything up and uh, stop keeping an open border so I have no idea who's coming into my country. You know, it's interesting. Uh, President Biden just a few days ago giving yet another speech attacking conservatives, attacking um, the base of the party, quite frankly. You have Senator Clyburn who's warning that uh, we're heading to the days of of Nazi Germany here in America. What's your reaction to that sort of rhetoric out there? So it's painful that they just continue to be able to dial up the rhetoric and to say half of America is a threat to the future of America. Uh, that That's a problem on either side of it. I try to be very careful. I'm personally a Jesus follower, and uh, and so I'm very careful with how I, do, how I use words. And uh, to be able to speak, Jesus was very clear and very blunt with some folks, uh, but also exhibited a tremendous amount of compassion. Uh, the problem is not that person. Uh, it's a set of ideas. And uh, so I'm going to focus in on those ideas and what I can actually do to be able to win people over. But that kind of rhetoric 
uh, doesn't help us. Uh, the old adage of my staff has heard me say a million times, you pour water on fires, not gasoline. And they seem to be trying to be able to pour gasoline on a fire right now uh, that's in the that's in the country. So that, that's got to come down. It's got to be on the other side of it. Interestingly enough, they continue to say that uh, all this is a threat to democracy, a threat to democracy. At the same time, we have record turnout in the polls in Pennsylvania, uh, in Georgia, in my state, in Texas. So you, you've got this huge number of people showing up to be able to vote. Uh, while Democrats are screaming they're a threat to democracy. Uh, it's not a threat to democracy to engage people to get people to vote and make sure votes count. And that's a fair point. And again, just looking at events of recent days, you had Congressman Lee Zeldin, who was attacked on stage at a campaign event in New York. Uh, you had a congressman uh, just the other day in North Carolina. Someone uh, fired a gunshot into the family home, uh, nearly hitting his kids. Uh, the FBI now investigating that report. Uh, we're looking at a report from the Epoch Times. A Chicago man arrested, charged with threatening to kill a Republican gubernatorial candidate. So my concern is the rhetoric that you just denounced, Senator, that kind of rhetoric could give these people, you know, the wink and the nod to go out there and do this kind of stuff. And we got we just got to tone it down. We do, we do need to tone it down and be careful. Again, we can disagree strongly on ideas, but when it becomes personal, uh, that's a very different issue. And uh, again, this whole focus on you know, what do we need to do to get our way? We're going to do whatever we can to be able to get our way. Uh, that That's not the American path on it. We, we settle issues around ideas and around conversation and around very strong debate. And then we vote and then we move on as a nation and continue to be able to push our ideas. And some ideas take a, a very long time. You know, Ronald Reagan didn't run for president once. Uh, he ran for president a couple of times. So there's a set of ideas that America looked at and said that's a significant thing to be able to shift to that. And I'm amazed at the number of people that I talk to uh, that are younger, especially that talk to me about Ronald Reagan, about this conservative that won 49 states, uh, that they look at it and I say, how did a conservative win 49 states? Uh, and it's the way he spoke to people, the engagement, the set of ideas that people said that's the right way to be able to go. Senator, I know you're focused on your race, but nationwide, um, the the power hangs in the balance in both the House and the Senate. Uh, how are, how good are the chances for the Republicans to take charge, take control of the Senate? Yeah, they're still very good in the House, and they're evenly divided in the Senate. And uh, so it really is going to boil down to who shows up uh, in early voting that's happening right now around the country uh, and in uh, the voting that's going to happen on Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be what's going to drive this, uh, but it's very close. It looks very good in Pennsylvania. It looks good in New Hampshire. It looks good in Nevada. It looks good in Georgia. It looks good in Arizona. I mean, we're, we're very close in a lot of states or ahead in a lot of states. What we have to do is be able to hold the seats we have and pick up just one more, and it dramatically changes what happens in the Senate. Uh, you, you're, you're talking about all these judicial nominees that hang in the balance uh, in the next two years are very significant based on who is actually leading the Senate and who's bringing things up. Uh, so it is very important to be able to win these Senate seats. All right, Senator Langford, we've got about 40 seconds here. Let's just say, for the sake of the argument here, that Republicans do take charge of the Senate. What's the first order of business for you guys? Well, we've got to uh, still deal with a lot of the debt and what's happening on spending right now. We've got to deal with tax policy. The, uh, the uh, 2017 tax bill that we put into place that made such an enormous difference in our economy in growing jobs and uh, expanding the growth uh, of our economy, that has some short-term pieces in it uh, that has got to be resolved. So a lot of that tax policy for individuals uh, and for small businesses, 
we've got to be able to resolve that and get long-term fixes on that. We've got to get a hold of immigration and hold this administration accountable to actually enforcing the law that's hearings, that's bringing up the issues, that's pushing uh, to be able to get some things resolved in immigration because we can't have an open border. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got to be able to deal with what's happening in health care, uh, quite frankly, especially rural health care. That's got to be resolved. All right, Senator, we're going to have to leave it there. Appreciate uh, your time today. Good luck on Tuesday. Uh, thank you very much. God bless you. Continue to pray for the nation. Senator James Langford, Republican from Oklahoma, 844-747-8868. That's our number. We'll be right back, America. There's no doubt the nation is facing a financial crisis because of the Biden administration's economic policies. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and no doubt our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you are vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, physical. It's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold, and they can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship the gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can actually fit inside a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Oh, by the way, the Biden administration is sending another $400 million of our tax money over to Ukraine. At what point do we just say enough is enough? Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. Let's go to the phones. Deanna in Maine, WLOB. And Deanna, I know you want to talk about uh, President Trump. Looks like he's going to be making it official in a couple of weeks. What what say you? I am so excited. Close those borders. He, this is a man who loves the United States of America. He loves this country so much that he put up with all this flack to run in the first place. And yet he's doing it again. I, I admire him tremendously. To get the borders closed for many reasons, our teenagers die when they get one dose of fentanyl. There's no second chance for them. Yeah, Dina, you're right about that. And and those borders, uh, it's just a drug tunnel. It just It's it's yes. insane the amount of drugs coming yes. across the border. And Biden's done absolutely nothing about that. No. And he, he is a uh, get us back to work somehow that, you know, you have to scrutinize those that are on the dole because there's some, so many that are there that uh, it, it's not this fake. And I, it's, I don't know how you do that. But we need workers everywhere. I was at a store, in uh, <clears throat> a shoe store down in Kennebunk, and the man had to be flown in from uh, Arizona to work there because they had absolutely no one to work in their store. So you're saying Trump has your vote. You believe Trump is the guy that can fix everything yes, that's broken? Yes, yes, because he loves the country. It's, that's the bottom line. He wants the best for us. And to get China out, I mean, whatever... <laughs> And he has a heart for the unborn because they're very much alive in his book. All right, Dina, we've got you down here. Uh, you are a yes. We need to vote for. Uh, we need to vote for Donald Trump. Thanks for the call. What say you, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Newsmax TV, Axios, 
both reporting and quoting multiple sources that President Trump is going to announce his run for the White House on November 14th. Uh, we know that uh, that Mike Pompeo is talking about a run as well as Mike Pence. So we're very curious to know from you, uh, would you support President Trump or do you like somebody else? Well, we're getting reports that Ron DeSantis has already reached out to to his donors, and he says he's not going to challenge Donald Trump. So if Trump steps in, if Trump, if Trump jumps into the race, he's going to sit that one out. 844-747-8868. That's a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. Jerry on the line listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Jerry. What say you? Todd, good morning. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to get on so quickly. Um, I want to know if you, uh, by any chance, saw about a month ago on Sunday night the 60 Minutes interview with Bart Barker, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention? I, I believe I, I saw portions of, of that interview, Jerry. Well, it's on YouTube, so you can go back and, and check it. It's, I mean, it's not long. Uh, the point I, I, I want to make to you and your listeners is that the head of the largest evangelical group said emphatically that there, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the election of 2020. Again, you can check this on YouTube. He was absolutely emphatic about it. And he also went on to say the problem is that, that, that the evangelicals need to keep, I think this is almost exactly what he said, they need to keep politics out of the church. And I just thought that was remarkable, and he seemed like such a terrific guy. So the president uh, of the Jerry Holland, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, said churches need to stay out of politics. He said, "Keep the politics out of the church." Once again, everybody who's listening to you can go to YouTube, sixty minutes, and check it out. He he said it doesn't belong in the, in the church. Christ belongs in the church. And I just want to tell you, I, I was always raised that, you know, what would Jesus do? If I opened my mouth to say something, what would Jesus say about it? And uh, I think that we, we, everybody needs to invoke that, because the scriptures, I, it just seems like so many of the evangelicals have, have traded the stories of Jesus for conspiracy theories, and that's their their um, their their. Uh, 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 Jerry, let me ask you a question: Do you believe that? Do you believe, like the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, that we ought to keep politics out of the church? I don't. Be- I, I only believe what I heard him say. But do you believe that personally? What, what What's your take on it? Oh, the church has. In my church, we wouldn't dare have a preacher preach about politics we have we have sermons about scripture and about how to get a spoonful of of uh hope and to get through the next week and so forth never is politics brought up and it shouldn't be 
So you don't think so you don't think we should be talking about anything regarding politics, anything in the culture should not be talked about in the church house. I I think not. No, I I think not. And I think that if we just talk about the life of Jesus, what he taught for us, what he uh how he lived and how I think he's weeping right now over a lot of the the uh, uh angst that's going on within the church just keep keep our politics separate and that's the way my church does it and many others and i think that we we have our own political opinions but we don't talk about it in church and we certainly don't. And now on Monday morning, I was listening to you, and I was so disappointed. Right off the bat, you deep down in the sewer and pulled up this conspiracy bill, uh, 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 conspiracy theory about Paul uh, Pelosi. No, Jerry, and, I did not. No, we. The yes, reporting is out there, Jerry. The reporting's out there. And just because yeah, on, we ask on, a question, on, just because we ask a question, doesn't mean that we're jumping down a conspiracy hole, Jerry. Uh, we're we're asking questions and these are questions that ought to be asked a, a conspiracy theory is not a question about whether paul pelosi was having a homosexual affair with the guy who you never heard me say that on this program jerry you never did yes, you, you may did. have extrapolated that but we've never said it now let me ask you this jerry you and again no, you're, jerry you're, you're gonna let me talk right. here jerry you're gonna let me talk and then i'll let you have an offer this is what we call a conversation now now we have new information coming out and we shared that information and it doesn't make any sense now if jerry somebody breaks into your home and holds you hostage and the police show up and you're allowed to open the door what would you do jerry you'd say hey thank god you're here there's the bad guy but now that's that's not what happened. And so we have more questions to ask. And I think that's only right. Never believe the first narrative of, of any stories coming out of the mainstream media. That's the lesson here. No, this wasn't from the mainstream media. It was from Yes, it was. The, Jerry, the Jerry, NBC News first reported as well as Fox in and not the Fox News channel, but the Fox station in um, the Fox station in San Francisco, they're the ones that reported originally that the two men were found in their underwear. Not the, not the conservative media. That's the mainstream media, Jerry. All right. I, 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 uh, Jerry, I'm just telling you, we're sharing this information with you. It's coming out, and then they retract all that information, and we tell people, hey, they've retracted this information. But I want to get back to your point, Jerry. The founding of this country is a result of the churches being engaged in politics. And had the churches not been engaged in politics, there's a very good chance that you and I would be under the rule of King Charles right now. Well, I, I can tell you that as a Presbyterian, I go way back to Scotland and the British, uh, uh, the, 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 the Church of, of, of Scotland uh, was constantly abused. They taxed the Scots. The, the, my people moved to Northern Ireland, and the same thing happened again, and they fled to America, and they were in places like Virginia where the religion was the Church of England, and they were required to attend. 
and Jerry, and so had it not been church. had it not been for had it not been for the Christians in America and the church in America, and you can go back and do your history, and I've done a deep dive in the early days of our country. Had it not been for those churches, then we would not have a country today. Jerry, got to run, but I, I appreciate the conversation, and I want you to give us a call back and and keep us in check, Jerry. I mean, that's the whole point of this. Uh, let's go to Suzanne real quick in Georgia, and she wants to weigh in on what Jerry was talking about. All right, Suzanne, what say you? Hey, Todd, thank you for what you said to him. And I, he is, I'm not going to say he is wrong, but in my opinion, he is 100% wrong. Todd, because I have read Eric Metastas' book, and this man needs to read Eric Metastas' book, Letter to the American Church, and he'll see what happened in Germany because the church did not stand up to their culture. And Eric Meta- and uh, Bonhoeffer tried to tell them they were not listening to what happened in Germany. That's a fair point, Suzanne. I mean, the Christians, the Christians in Germany bear some complicity with what happened because they they stood down. They were not they were not preaching and speaking into the culture. They were being influenced and consumed by the culture, and that's what's happening right. here in this nation. Right, Todd. And people, you better wake up. You better just wake up. You know. And and I thank you for what you your rebuttal. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, happy to do it. And look, we appreciate people who have an opposing viewpoint, but this is the problem, Suzanne. I know mega churches here in the Memphis area. I know churches all over America that are more concerned about not offending people. They're more concerned about having diversity in their membership, and they just don't want to speak truth to the culture. Uh, they're terrified of it. And, and that's a big problem, a big, big problem with the church in America. And that's why I think that- the country's in the shape it's in, Suzanne. It is, Todd. I agree with you 100%. And the pastor at First Baptist in Atlanta, Anthony George, man, wow. he, speaks up, he speaks up like we do, Todd. And if I lived 15 miles close to him, I would be there every Sunday. Yeah, I know he, Pastor he, George, and he's, a, he's the real deal. He is, and he's not afraid. He's like Bonhoeffer. He's not afraid, Todd, to say it. He's just not, and uh, I, I appreciate him, and I've called and told him how much I appreciate him and what a great man of God he is. But he told him at First Baptist, he said, I am not going to back down. If you want to fire me, you can, but I will not back down. Good, for, Well, good for, good for him and good for you for standing up. Suzanne, appreciate your call. Let's go to Cliff in North Carolina, the talk station, our affiliate there. All right, Cliff, what say you? Hey, uh, I pastor a Southern Baptist church, and if uh, President Southern Baptist said that, he is way off the mark. When Thomas Jefferson said uh, separation of church and state, that was a one-way deal to some Danbury Baptists. Um, and it meant that the government could not come in and tell the church uh, what to do, but the church can influence and stand true to what the Word of God says. Yeah, look, Cliff, you're right about that. And again, going back and looking at the intent of our founding fathers, and you can find that intent in their in their writings and their letters. Uh, they meant for this to to be a Christian nation, a nation that was governed and guided by Judeo Christian values and teachings. But this this idea of a separation of church and state that is nowhere anywhere in in the Constitution, none of our founding documents at all. None, none whatsoever, and that's uh, I think that's part of the problem we have today is because the churches, the pulpits have remained silent because people 
they just bought into we can't bring politics into the church well politics is actually our um, our conversation, our, our way of life, it affects us, and we're to be salt and light. And if politics are not supposed to be influenced by Christians, why did Paul um, demand to be brought to Caesar, the leader of the Roman Empire at that time, to tell him uh, about Christ and about what Christianity truly is? So um, I also heard, and it may have been Rush uh, many years ago, someone said that you have to lay part of the blame of the Holocaust at the foot of the churches in Germany because the pastors were silent. That's it. And anti-Semitism was taught, and it came from the churches. So if the churches remain silent, how can we be solved in light? I mean, you can't tell someone who to vote for, but I sure can tell folks what I won't vote for from the pulpit because it's in the Word of God. Well, Pastor, I appreciate you and uh, and that word. Um, and again, I didn't see the full. I saw bits and pieces. So I don't know what the president of the Southern Baptist Convention said, but if he did say that, I'm with you. That is off the mark with regard to what Southern Baptists actually believe. And of course, Jerry acknowledged that he's a Presbyterian. So you know, there you go. Uh, Cliff, Pastor, gotta run. Uh, appreciate that call. Line open eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, let's get to the phones. And then coming up in the next hour, by the way, we've got some great guests coming up. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs going to drop by. Robert Cahaley, who is with the Trafalgar Group, best polling agency in America. And our good buddy, uh, Dave Brandt from Liberty University. Let's get back to the phones real quick, though. Um, let's uh, go to Scott in Portland, Maine, wants to weigh in on uh, Jerry and his conversation. Hey, Scott, what's on your mind? Hey, how are you? My um, first and foremost, I want to say uh, thank you, brother. For even though we disagree, <laughs> the um, I believe we do have to be the salt and light. And uh, you know what? Um, I remember years ago listening to a commentary from Focus on the Family, and they talked about Hollywood and how after the '40s, you know, things started getting rather scandalous and so on. I mean, they've always had that edge, but uh, what they said: don't blame Hollywood for the garbage that's being spewed on on the screen, blame the Christian church for walking away and not being part of the moral foundation. Because Christians for years used to be there in support and giving them the foundation on morality. 
And when they left, all, all bets are off. And that's what we've seen in that culture. And it's the same with everything. We've got to, we have to be the salt and light. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to say, well, I'm, you know, Democrat or Republican. You, you know, churches can be very savvy on this whole perspective and just speak about the truth that you see in the Word and ask the congregation, well, are the folks that are representing you, are they following the realities of what's in the Word, or are they not? That's the key. It's Scott, I think you're spot-on accurate there. And again, it's not turning your church into some sort of a, you know, a political party. It's talking about those issues, talking about transgenderism, talking about critical race theory. But you have churches out there actually leading Bible studies where they're telling white congregants they have to apologize to, to their black brethren. I, I, I just find that offensive. I find it appalling, and it's quite frankly sinful uh, to be spewing that kind of nonsense in, in the church house. And, um, Absolutely. So anyway, I, I hate to do this, Scott. We are up against a, a hard break. Uh, all you folks on hold, hang tight. We're going right to your calls after the top of the hour news break. 844-747-8868. We have a line open now. That's 844-747-8868. President Trump could be announcing in, what, just under 14 days. Is he your guy? Give us a call. We'll be talking about that. Some of you want to still weigh in on Jerry. We're going to get to those calls as well. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. University studio in Memphis, Tennessee. It's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. All right. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. Four days until the midterm elections, ladies and gentlemen. Four days. And we are jam-packed with callers and guests and news and information Great to have you with us, and we're going to get right to the phones in a moment. A couple of things here. Uh, so, Grace, I was I was perusing the interwebs and came across your name. So, uh, come, oh, no. the Atlanta Urinal and Constipation, which is the official <laughs> newspaper of record in uh, Georgia. The uh, urinal actually had a report up there doing a hit piece on Herschel Walker, and they actually quoted from our radio program oh, in no. the article. So. Remember, what did I do? Well, well, we were trying to figure out why Herschel had canceled at the last minute on our show. Oh, I remember that. And the excuse was that his bus broke down. And what was my response to that? You were like, what's the excuse? And then I was like, his bus broke down. Then you were like, you know, it I mean, happens. If the phone broke down, I can understand. But, yeah. I mean, the cell phones still work. That, that's I, what I don't understand. Anyway, I was getting some intel on the whole Walker campaign thing. Oh. And that's part of the strategy is not to do as many interviews on the, in the lead up to really? the, the election. So mm. I, I hope mm. it works for him. And, again, the polls are all over the place in Georgia. Now it's neck and neck again. It's everybody's up, down, all around. So... Get out and vote on election day. What can I tell yes, you? Just vote. So there you go, Grace Baker, getting some uh, press time. It's weird time. to Google myself. Mm, that's a dangerous thing on this radio program. Yeah. 
a dangerous thing. Also, uh, real quick here, media completely ignoring the physical attack on Republican candidate uh, Don Bolduck. That's out of New Hampshire. Some guy tried to punch him, and unfortunately, police were there and were able to knock the guy to the ground. Uh, you had a congressman out of North Carolina who uh, his opponent actually ran some TV ads showing one of the family homes. And as a result of that, um, you had a, a gunman open fire into the home of Pat Harrigan. Harrigan is running in North Carolina for Congress. His children were almost hit by the bullet. Fortunately, they're okay. The FBI is investigating. Then you've got another um, attack. Where is that? Ah, here we go. This information coming in. And again, these are all Republicans uh, coming under attack. A Chicago man arrested for threatening the Republican gubernatorial candidate said he wanted to kill and skin Darren Bailey alive after he killed the candidate's family. So anyway, this guy, this nutjob's in, in the hooskow as well. All I'm telling you is that Joe Biden and the Democrats have unleashed these people on conservatives. So watch your six out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Robin in Indiana has been holding on for a while. And, Robin, you wanted to respond to the news that Trump is going to announce his run for the White House in about two weeks. What's your thoughts? Well, hell yeah. But now um, Jerry has got me fired up and I just want to make the statement that um, I believe that religious leaders should be adamantly political but not partisan because of the politics has to do with the welfare of the people and why I say hell yeah for Donald Trump because he speaks out on issues of social and economic justice for everybody poverty oppression discrimination inequities in our economic and government institutions and he has brought us forward to challenge our systems of justice, which is exactly what Jesus was killed for. He was political. He stood up against the political party at the time, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, and the Jewish um, religion at the time, to give them the light and show who God really was, and they killed him for it. Yeah, Robin, uh, again, we uh, I appreciate Jerry calling in, and uh, he's a, a devoted listener to the program. Clearly, we disagree on this particular issue. Uh, Jerry called in, said he doesn't believe the church should be involved in politics. Politics should not be in the church. And I think that's the problem, is that churches have abdicated their authority and their responsibility. Uh, the church, quite frankly, I'll never forget this story, Robin. We had a lady who came to our church, and she got saved. She walked the aisle. She turned her life over to Christ. And uh, it, then a few weeks later, it was a Wednesday night, and we were going from, they had, our church at the time had a church dinner, and she heard all of this noise. And she said, what's that noise? And it turned out to be the youth ministry's Wednesday night service. And so we walk in just to kind of show her, and it was, you know, the dark lights with the, you know, the, the, the smoke and the whole, you know, the rock band, the whole nine yards. And there was a, almost a repulsed and horrified look on her face. And she stepped down and she said it just reminded her of, of the lifestyle she had come out from. And I thought to myself, now that's interesting. Now I don't think there's anything wrong with smoke and lights and whatever, mirrors, whatever. 
Uh, but you got to keep the main thing the main thing. And unfortunately, it's more about entertaining the masses instead of of educating them in the Word of God. Well, can I say one more thing? Real quick. Uh, uh, de- definitely religious leaders should be um, preaching about what the Bible says and also the political nature that we are in right now, like abortion and um, like Raphael Warnock the other day uh, condemning white people. And they don't have to be partisan. They don't have to sit up there and say, vote for this person, but vote for this but vote for who is upholding the values of Christian moral morality and Christian-based teachings. That's they it. You don't have to say, vote for Donald Trump because he does this, or don't vote for Donald Trump because Joe Biden's a Catholic. It shouldn't be about what your political party is. It should be about who is uh, fighting for the welfare of the people. That's what politics is, the welfare of the people all people all right robin appreciate the great call thanks for holding on robin says heck yeah uh, donald trump's got her vote uh let's go to jeff in gainesville georgia wdun and uh, jeff i know you want to weigh in on what jerry had to say do you agree with jerry or disagree i disagree with jerry uh the the church needs to be involved in every manner of of american life because uh you see what happened when they took prayer out of the school. I mean, all you, if you kick Jesus out, all you have left is the devil, and then they'll destroy each other. And it's like that in all of American life. But just to say about the church is uh, the preachers, a lot of preachers are preaching it good, but I'm afraid that the congregation, they just don't know how to implement what the preachers are saying. They need to be taught how to go about it and not just absorb it all the time, but learn how to give it out too. And uh, I'll say one more thing. Uh, about Paul, about Pelosi there that, uh, you know, I, I hate it that he got hit in the head with a hammer, but uh, there's babies that's aborted every single day that gets hit in the head with a hammer and their brain sucked out. At least the man didn't get his brain sucked out. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, all right, we're going to leave it there. Uh, thank you for that. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Jim in Salem, Oregon, KYKN, our great affiliate. What's on your mind today, Jim? Well, first of all, I want to say that that gentleman that phoned in and and expressed an opinion about the church not being involved, I, I don't doubt his sincerity. He sounds like a very sincere man. I've met many sincere Christians who uh, assume there's got to be a cleavage between the culture and the church. I understand that. I was a pastor for 35 years. But I want to say that the church is involved unwittingly in all manner of things that they'd be stunned if they knew how much their denominations were involved. Uh, You remember when the, the big caravan of children from Central America showed up at the border, the big crisis and um. I've I've yet to find somebody that really asked the question, where did all where did everybody go and how did they get there? Well, the president at the time, Barack Obama, answered that question. He gave a press conference and he was responding to criticism about what's going on at the border. And he said, I don't see what the problem is. Uh, we've law enforcement's on board with this and military's on board with it. And then he paused. He looked right in the camera and he said, and we've got the evangelicals. He wasn't kidding. The Obama administration had reached out six years before to help start a thing called the Evangelical Immigration Table. 
if you research that and um, uh, Obama's ties to sojourners, Jim Wallace was a, a high-profile advisor to President Obama. You pull the thread back where it leads, and you get to the open societies thing with George Soros. I know how I know how this sounds, but you can document this. The church is involved. It was church groups that trans- transferred all those people uh, to places unknown. They continue to do it, and I think if you went to an average congregation and said, did you know your church was participating in what's going on at the border and, and helping it happen, they, they'd look at you like you were crazy. But it is happening. And Jim, I you know, look, we've, and I think I wrote about this in, in, in one of the book. I think it was Culture Jihad, where I wrote about the how the evangelicals were were wooed by the, the Obama administration using, believe it or not, George Soros-funded money. Uh, he funded a lot of these organizations that were doing outreach. And, and I have to say, as a member of the Southern Baptist Convention, my denomination got sucked right into all of that. And when you look at the agencies that were down there um, taking care of the children— um, that was th- those were religious groups that were that were a part of that. So, so Jim, you're absolutely right, and your the 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 churches have been involved in politics. Nobody has a problem when the churches are liberal or left leaning, and and they're they're bringing the people in, the candidates in to speak and all that whatnot. It's only when it be- it's a conservative congregation that it becomes a problem. Jim, gotta run. Appreciate the call. I uh, want to share this information with you. Uh, Hillary Clinton says that uh, Carrie Lake should not should not be allowed to take to take power in Arizona, and uh, it's really gotten some some people concerned. As a matter of fact, Carrie Lake was on Hannity last night, and here's what she had to say about that. But I was a little concerned today. I'm going to be honest when I saw Hillary Clinton. Bad mouthing me, and she looked. She looked angry and actually scared, and and uh, just uh, completely unrelated. I want you to know, just in case you're wondering, I'm in perfect health. My brakes on my car are in good shape, and I'm not suicidal. And we're going to win this thing on Tuesday. <laughs> That's always good to put that information out there. <laughs> just in, you never know when it comes to the Clintons. Uh, people have a a really odd way of getting suicided. <laughs> around those 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 people all right we got to take a break here 844-747-8868 the big election is next week and our good friend rob schmidt over on newsmax every night this week he's been talking about the real issues the big media will not talk about rob shows what inflation is really doing to the nation he takes a look at the border and soaring crime this horrible woke agenda and he's also doing deep dives with all the candidates He also is talking about the latest polling data with Dick Morris. So much more. Look, I watch Rob Schmidt every night on Newsmax, and you should too. This weekend, now listen up, this weekend, Newsmax is going to be the only major cable channel airing President Trump's big rallies, and he's going to be be doing that live. You can get the schedule of Trump's speeches from Newsmax. All you need to do is text the word RALLY to 39747. That's RALLY, R-A-L-L-Y, to 39747. So you can get information on Trump, on Newsmax, breaking news alerts. Text RALLY to 39747. All right.
right. Uh, we, we have an update here on this crazy story that NBC News reported earlier this morning. Uh, first, I want you to hear the report. This is NBC News uh, explaining new details about the attack on Paul Pelosi. Cut 11. Craig, good morning. When officers arrived here at the Pelosi home exactly a week ago today, they initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. This morning, Paul Pelosi is home, back at the house that became a crime scene a week ago today. NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or try to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. After spending several days in the ICU, Pelosi, who is recovering from a fractured skull and serious injuries to his arm and hand, is now home where Capitol Police remain on alert. Investigators have previously said Pelosi did not know DePap when the 42-year-old broke into his home. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. Fear takes over. Fear freezes people. This morning, the 82-year-old, lucky to be alive, after an intruder nearly killed him in his own home. Law enforcement, tell, law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details. Craig, back to you. Oh, yeah. One thing's for sure, though. He is lucky to be alive. Miguel Amelgar for us. Miguel, thank you. All right, that was the report from NBC News, not Newsmax, not Fox, not One America, NBC News, saying that Paul Pelosi opened the door for cops, did not try to run away, did not say there was an emergency, and then actually walked back to the guy who would eventually hit him over the head with a, with a hammer. So now, the latest development, NBC News has now removed the segment from their website and they've added a note saying the story should have never aired because it, quote, did not meet our reporting standards. So now NBC News is retracting this report. And if you listen to the reporter, you could tell he wasn't making this up. He was actually reading from some sort of an official affidavit. You can hear the the verbiage that, that he was using. So the, the question now is, what does that mean? It did not meet our reporting standards. It seems to me here that somebody in the police department is actually leaking what really happened. They're leaking this information out. 
the reporters there, boots on the ground in San Francisco, are trying to do their job, and they're trying to explain all of this and get this information out. And then you have other forces at play. Is it possible that Nancy Pelosi or the White House told NBC News, you've got to remove this story from your website? Because now Nancy Pelosi is saying, well, we just want privacy. Well, that's not what she was saying a few days ago when she was accusing Donald Trump of beating up her husband. Folks, something doesn't smell right in San Francisco. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Not only Carrie Lake, but if I was that reporter, the one who uh, just dropped the bombshell on the Pelosi investigation, I'd just say, you know what? My brakes are fine, too, and I'm not feeling suicidal. Just want to throw that out there, America. Uh, What a weird thing. So anyway, the latest news, uh, NBC now is pulling this explosive report. Uh, they, They were saying that Paul Pelosi, actually, when they showed up, that Paul Pelosi was the one who opened the door, and he didn't let on that there was anything wrong, that there was no emergency, and then actually walked back uh, to the guy who would eventually beat him over the head with the hammer. NBC News clearly was reading from some sort of an official report just based on the language that they used, but now they're backing off of it. They're saying the report did not meet their reporting standards. I will say this, the police were saying that they didn't realize whose home they were going to, but when you actually look at the um, at the video footage from the Capitol Police, there were at least a dozen police cars out there, so I'm not sure I believe that. A lot of questions that need to be answered there. All right, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, By the way, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. Honored to have with us the Dean of the School of Business at Liberty University, uh, Dave Brandt. Uh, Dave, good to have you with us today. Always good to be on your show, Todd. Hey, Dave, before we jump into the midterms, uh, there is a big dust-up on Twitter right now. Uh, turns out a lot of these companies are are jumping ship, and they're putting a pause on their advertising. And Elon Musk says, I don't know why, because we haven't changed a single thing on the platform yet. Well, that's related to midterms. Uh, there's this thing in, in our society called a social contract, and you're, you're supposed to follow the rule of law and good business practice and all that. And the business elites uh, have gotten carried away with ESG and political correctness and everything about what's happening now. And so I'm sure Elon's in for a shocker. He knew it's coming. And so we'll see how it plays out because the consumer can also react against what the firm behavior is and so we'll see and and that was evident when all the big box stores pulled mike lundell's products and a lot of those companies yep. are still struggling as a result of um of that decision is that something you guys talk about and you know in the school of business uh, raising up that next generation of, of business leaders uh, in america oh absolutely i mean we, we we try to live out biblical christianity and so that covers every facet of business uh, in every class we teach we we try to do our best to bring the christian vision to bear on marketing accounting computer science economics uh, government everything and so uh the, the problem is that there's not enough of us right the, the rest of the country and we'll see right i i think there's more than a red versus blue 
uh, contest coming up. I think we have an American uh, realignment in, uh, in in politics coming up here. This is going to be big. What do you mean and, by that? Uh, then firms might catch a little uh, information through the price system. What do you mean by that, a uh, political realignment? Yeah, I, I, I just think, I mean, you just look at the suburbs, right, uh, back in 2020, uh, the Republicans got hit by the uh, by the suburbs. Uh, the Hispanics were starting to move our way. African American inner city uh, starting to move our way. Now there's massive movement toward uh, the Republicans, but not because they're Republicans. It's a reaction against the craziness of millions coming across the border, uh, and then uh, homeschool moms uh, being arrested by the Justice Department, calling them in on paper. Uh, domestic terrorists. This is for real, right? I mean, you can't make this up. And then we have uh, drag queens uh, promoted in schools. And this is this is not a hype line either, right? This is the, the, the governor and the attorney general of Michigan in writing. And we're giving grants for drag queens to go to Ecuador or some of these countries, right, and through the U.S. State Department. And so this is not like out of bounds by a little bit. This is like uh, never been known to any culture or civilization uh, in the West or East that anyone knows of except in the past three years. And uh, everyone's scratching their heads saying, uh, this is all new, where did it come from? And it's aligned with Marxist thinking, right, which is an attack on God, country, family. It can stand no competitors uh, to the centralized power of the state. And any other thing that's a competitor to that, right, the family structure, uh, and, and people say, Dave, you're kind of exaggerating. Well, not look at China's family structure, right? They're going to fall apart as a nation over the next several years because of their one-child policy, right? So this is not like make-believe. All those policies are coming to fruition. They're heading here. And I think the American culture, the American people, uh, irrespective of, of party, are going to realign and say, absolutely no. We, we do share uh, the heritage of the Judeo-Christian West. Uh, constitutional government. We we like this thing called business. It turns out it's very good for all of us. Uh, just to return to common sense. And uh, yeah, I'm working on a new book, and and I was writing about that idea that this this election it just feels different. It, it I, I yeah. know that the media is covering it from a Republican versus Democrat, but I don't think that's what's going on here. And and I think we're going to see a lot of people who are. Uh, maybe independents, even some Democrats, are going to switch over and vote Republican only because of the policies and the ideas, this idea that we are America. Um, going back to the pandemic, Dave, you saw what I thought. I, I truly believe the pandemic was a test, an experiment, to see how yep. much the people would be willing to give up. And when they shut yep. down the churches, that raised that set off my alarm bells because that's what <laughs> they do in the socialist countries. Yep. No, that's right. I highly encourage everyone listening to go read the last few chapters of the real Anthony uh, Anthony Fauci by uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. I, I skipped the Fauci piece because I'm just sick of it. I, you know, the first eight chapters, but I think it's chapters nine to the end connects the Rockefeller Foundation to the Gates Foundation to the virus stuff. And as you said, when you're done reading those chapters, I mean, it's it's not even a mystery anymore. It's just big money. They, they go into Africa, for example, who I'm trying to help out, and I'm friends with a, a bunch of friends at Liberty and, and across African countries. We just had a CEO summit at Liberty. And uh, the Gates Foundation goes in there and gets 
puts all of its influence and $50 billion worth of stuff that sounds good on, on virology, and they get rid of their emphasis on public health and clean water. Well, guess what happens when you do that? And then that's the first $50 billion that looks good, but then the hundreds of billions follow behind it in the, in the form of big pharma. And that's what happens here. And now a couple weeks ago, the head of Pfizer says, well, you know, we were kind of wrong on everything we said about the jab and all that, right? And, so, and now uh, the, the leftist magazine that starts all the trends, uh, Vanity Fair, I think, came out and said, yeah, we got we to gotta just, you know, have, I don't know what the secular term for grace is, but a, a redo. We got to just forget all this blame. That a we're mulligan? <laughs> right, right. You know, it's interesting, Dave, it's interesting you brought up Rockefeller. Um, I, years ago, I read uh, the a biography on J.D. Rockefeller. I had no idea. He was a, he was a devout Christian man, and yep. he, was, he gave millions of dollars to churches to start Sunday schools. Um, he was, you know, starting libraries, you name it. Uh, and, and it's really sad to see, again, how a Christian businessman should conduct himself and then to see the legacy being used to promote these this leftist ideology. Yeah, yeah. I used to teach at a small liberal arts school, and one of the guys, DuPont, or one of those guys, came around with a huge pot of money. And if you would give up your religious affiliation, they would give you the $100 million building. Wow. And if you wouldn't, you got the $10 million uh, postal post office or something. I don't know, whatever they give you. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, the attack on judeo-christian principles without a replacement right that's the key problem in 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 intellectual life uh you welcome the dialogue right but before you reject uh, one tradition what's yours right what's your ethical system that's worked for thousands of years in, in a civilization uh we don't have one oops right so uh we're, we're facing some huge uh, decisions as a country and i think the american people are going to do the right thing Dave Brandt, who is the dean of the School of Business at Liberty University on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Dave, let's talk real quick about midterms. Um, it's certainly looking good for Republicans. What What's your prediction for Election Day? I don't know. I really don't follow a whole lot of it. I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle, probably a pickup of 35 in the House and a couple, two or three in the Senate. And uh, that would be uh, that would be a, a, a staggering outcome if that happens. There are some people that think less, some people think more, but that's, I'm kind of in the middle. What do you think the What do you think the, the 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 Republicans are going to do if, in fact, they were able to retake the House and the Senate? You think they're going to go after Biden? Yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of that on the Judiciary Committee, and there'll be some noise on that, uh, but. But the, the real substantive thing to watch will be just in the lame duck, right? Uh, if, say, the Republicans win, right after they win, uh, my guess is, and the White House is already talking to Senate Democrats uh, to break the uh, bust up the debt ceiling increase and do their last uh, march through K Street, right? Asking for another couple trillion dollars. And they need 12 uh, Senate Republicans to go with. And that right there will signal the next two to four years, it, right? If, if the Republicans go along with another several trillion dollar deficit uh, at the new 5% interest rate due to inflation and the incompetence of the Federal Reserve, uh, then you know what you're going to get, which is nothing, right? If they stand strong on that and, and they can attach 
uh, a few conditions even on a debt ceiling increase vote, right? Like uh, maybe shutting down uh, part of the border, uh, illegal crossings, uh, the Justice Department abuse of civil liberties. These kind of things are very serious that uh, if, the, if the Republicans are serious, uh, they would demand a two or three of these major league concessions uh, for a, a debate on how much uh, the debt ceiling should be. All right, Dave, we're going to leave it there. And we I know we've got Andy Biggs coming up a little bit later. He's going to be talking uh, about this 1,000-page report that just came out uh, from House Judiciary. Uh, they've got a lot of concerns about how so many government agencies have been weaponized, and um, yeah. we we got to get a handle on that. Well, Dave, we appreciate your great work and uh, raising up that next generation of Christian business leaders in America. You guys are killing it, crushing it over at Liberty. Yeah, well, God bless you for what you do every day. And say hey to Brother Biggs. He's one of my best friends up there. I'll do it, Dave. All right, everybody. Dave Bratt from Liberty University on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. All right, we got to take a break. We're going right to the phones. By the way, it is Friday, open line Friday. So if you want to talk about whatever you want to talk about, you don't have to be on topic today. You can give us a call at 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. You heard Dave on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. And they have great plans to fit any budget. If you are a business owner, maybe you are a family man or a family lady, uh, we've got plans for you as well. All you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Todd. That's patriotmobile.com slash Todd. Check out all of their great plans. It can fit any budget. If you're a veteran or a first responder, they've got great discounts for you. Everybody who uses my promo code, Todd, they're going to give you free premier activation and a free gift at patriotmobile.com slash Todd. All right, uh, some news out of Georgia. Turns out a top Democrat is now endorsing Brian Kemp instead of Stacey Abrams. Kwanzaa Hall was the former Democrat candidate for lieutenant governor and uh, says that he's going to be backing uh, Brian Kemp, says he's a good guy. So there you go. Uh, 844-747-8868. That's our telephone number. Let's go to Georgia. Carol on the line. Hi, Carol. What you want to talk about today? Yes. Um, you were talking earlier about the presidential, the next presidential election, and that Donald Trump may be running, and he may make that announcement on the 14th of November. I totally am glad about that, but wondering, with the way the Democrats interfered the first time, is that going to be a repeat performance? Well, it, it probably will be, Carol, but, but at least now we know it's all out in the, in, the, in the open, and it's all public. So if they do try something, I think the average American at this point is going to see through that. Uh, the other thing here is that the, the Justice Department could very well come out and say, well, we're indicting, you know, you know we're going to indict Trump. He's, they're the, he, these are the charges. That's a possibility. Oh, man, I just... You know, when are people going to wake up that the, the country was in great shape under Donald Trump? And, you know, my husband always says when he speaks to a Democrat, tell me one bad 
thing that Trump did for this country. They cannot. They cannot say one bad thing about the economy and everything that, that he did for this country. So, you know, I don't get it. I really don't. It's look, it's a fair thing you just said, Carol, and and I think that Dr. Bratt from Liberty University said it best. This is really not about politics. This is about who we are, the heart and soul of who we are as a country. And you've got a people you've got a group of people that want to stop that. And they want to they want to usher in an age of socialism and communism in this country. And right now those people control the Democrat Party. Those are the people that are controlling the Democrats right now. Well, and if you remember, during that time, back when uh, Hillary Clinton called us deplorables, oh, my God, let's turn it around. You know, the Democrat Party is the deplorable people. You know, they're the ones that are against everything that this country has ever stood for. It's true. And I just hope that this upcoming election will turn the tide and then the next presidential election, we we will have woken up. Carol, you know? appreciate the call. You're right on the money. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. Jim on KWAM Radio. Hi, Jim. What say you? Well, I am on my way back to California because I'm looking at moving to Tennessee over by Johnson City. We've been there and looked around and the facilities will work for us there with the VA and my medical needs. But I had a comment to share about that guy that said ministers shouldn't be, or religious people shouldn't be involved in politics. Yes. If he knew anything about the signers of the constitution, over half of them were prominent ministers. Back that signed the constitution. And I learned this from the wall builders out of Texas. Well, David Barton's a good friend of this program, Jim, and we love David and the great work they do educating the, the, the nation on the true founding of our country. And their material is excellent, and this guy would get a totally different perspective of uh, how, how we should be in, uh, religious people should be involved in the politics. Uh, Jim, I I love it, and look, we I want to wish you a safe trip and a safe journey, and welcome to Tennessee. It's a, it's a great place to live. Uh, we just ask that people keep their liberal politics back in California. But oh, no, I, well, like the people I met that are in, when I was in the motel the other morning. This lady says I moved out here from California, and she says I'm a conservative out of Orange County and Christian and all that. And I said, yeah, me too. I'm in Los Angeles County. I'm actually in Torrance, California. But Jim, we got to go now. Sorry about that, my friend. They're going to cut us off. But God bless you, and uh, welcome to the Volunteer State. We'll be right back, America. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. 
And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Sarns Radio Program. Great to have you with us today, Friday, four days until the midterm elections. And we have got a very busy hour coming up. As a matter of fact, uh, Congressman Andy Biggs on deck. Robert Cahaley with the Trafalgar Group is going to be here with the latest polling data. And, of course, we're going to be taking your calls, 844-747-8868. Right now, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, our good friend. He is the host of the Jeff Katz Show from our great affiliate, WRVA in Richmond, Virginia, Jeff Katz. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Great, Todd. So many excited people here in the Commonwealth. Can't wait for the uh, the midterm results to be known. Uh, Jeff, it's it's going to be an amazing night. Uh, we're doing six hours of live election coverage uh, here in, in Memphis, and I'm curious about you. Uh, what is it going to be looking like on Election Day for Jeff Katz? Well, we will certainly be busy, and I say we, not uh, not in the regal we, but uh, we've got a lot of folks at uh, WRVA who obviously are following things that are going on here in the Commonwealth. We've got two huge congressional races that, I don't know, fingers crossed, are going to go the right way. So it's it's also going to be a long, long day. But I think we're all going to be happy about it. You know, it's interesting, uh, Jeff, so many other nations, uh, including France, uh, chief among them, they count their elections, they had their elections, they count the ballots, all is over with in a period of 24 hours. And now the president is out there saying, well, it could be days. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania is coming out and saying it could be days. It seems to me that every single day beyond Election Day is yet another day the Democrats can steal the, the elections. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I got the sense, and unfortunately, I get the sense uh, looking at uh, Tuesday that there are going to be some places where they go, "Huh, we're down X number of votes. Guess we better go find X number of votes." Yeah, that's that's my fear as well. Jeff, um, big big election races around the country. Virginia, you guys are not exactly you know you guys are not one of the battleground states this go around. But I am curious to see you know to hear your thoughts. Where do we need to be paying attention to? What races are, are going to be important uh, for the rest of the nation? Well, I will tell you, there are two in Virginia, Todd. Uh, we've got the 2nd Congressional District, the 7th Congressional District. These are two phony, hypocritical uh, Democrats who want to tell you they don't go along with Nancy Pelosi, but then they can't explain their 100% voting with Nancy Pelosi record. So I think that's a big one. Another one that's going to be huge is up in Rhode Island, the 2nd Congressional District. Uh, you have the mayor of Cranston, Rhode Island, for 12 years, a Republican, who at looks like is is going to knock off the democrat uh in rhode island which is huge that's about as blue as blue can be uh going north new hampshire i think uh the general is going to take care of the senator and uh, i don't know about the congressional races but the uh, the senatorial race up there new york i mean you were behind enemy lines my friend how many years did you spend uh in the people's republic of new york did you did you ever think a guy like lee Zeldin could really actually win as governor? It's it's really going to be fascinating to see that play out. Uh, Zeldin has a, a strong, strong favorables and uh, people love him up there and he's you know he has uh, been embraced especially by the orthodox jewish communities which are large not only in new york city but also new york state and that is important because you had people like de blasio the democrats literally sending police to shut down their events during the pandemic i think there's going to be some payback there 
I think you're absolutely right. And I think that pandemic payback, uh, I know you've spoken about it, this, this plea now from our friends on the left. Oh, we, we, we didn't mean anything. Please don't, uh, take it the wrong way. We need an amnesty for our actions during the pandemic. No, you, you separated families. You couldn't, t- you told people they couldn't stand next to a family member at a wedding. You shut down events. You shut down schools. My kids lost two years of schooling as a result of this nonsense. So I think there's going to be that. We're seeing it in California. There are actually some seats that uh, may very well go from blue to red. Nevada is a huge one, clearly, where you're going to get, I, I don't do predictions, but my sense is we're going to see a Republican governor and a Republican senator. And then even up into uh, Oregon and, and Washington state, I mean, it's. I, I just think that there is so much out there right now, Todd, that's not based on so-called party labels. But based on the fact that real people like you, real people like me get up, we go to the the gas station and go, man, this is $2 more than it was 19 months ago. We go to the grocery store, prices are through the roof, and you've got empty shelves. And we've got parents who just say, look, I I just want my kids to go to school and get an education. I don't want to worry if my daughter's going to be assaulted in the bathroom. And it's, it's pretty basic issues i think that are going to determine this jeff cancel the patriot mobile newsmaker line jeff another couple of big stories we've been following this story out of npr uh airing the abortion audio they actually aired audio of an abortion um a a baby literally being sucked out of, of a woman's womb uh i've had a big problem with npr for a long time jeff national public welfare radio as a radio station owner i'm offended that my tax dollars are being used to prop up this garbage i couldn't agree with you more todd i'm 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 simply a uh, radio employee a radio consumer i i like you am appalled absolutely appalled to think that uh, I work X number of days for a radio station, and then my tax dollars go to support this sort of nonsense. And, and the largesse that they have uh, for their stations and their employees is, is crazy. But this, God, Todd, I look, we're both men of faith. I, I'm just disgusted by this. I am so nauseated to think that anybody anywhere thinks that this is... This is good. Now, I, I make no apologies for being pro-life. I'm the proud father of three kids, and uh, uh, I want to help as many people as I can in any way that I can. This is just disgusting and wrong. It is, and and we've got to call it out, and I hope the Republicans defund NPR public welfare broadcasting as well. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, there is an explosive report coming out today about Paul Pelosi, not from Fox or Newsmax, but from NBC News, saying that Paul Pelosi actually showed up at the front door, opened the door for police. There was There seemed to be no concerns about an emergency. And then Pelosi actually walks back and stands next to his attacker, who then apparently hit him over the head with the hammer. Uh, now NBC News is retracting this report. What the heck, Jeff? Well, uh, Todd, I don't know. I guess we've got a couple of options. Option number one is that the, the reporting was actually good and solid, and they were told, hey, dump this, or... Uh, it's an example of somebody in the legacy news media getting it all wrong from from Jump Street. Uh, I'm torn. I mean, I think either one of those could be legit in terms of uh, analyzing that. 
It's it's just bizarre. And then uh, and now Pelosi is saying, well, we just want privacy. Uh, normally, that's what you say when the story takes a very um, unsettling turn. Right. I, I, you know, Todd, I, I, I lived in uh, the Bay Area for, for a period of time, as you know. I worked in San Francisco. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's home was well known to everybody. And invariably, if we had people come in to visit from out of town, regardless of what their politics were, it was like, oh, can we go see Nancy Pelosi's house or this one's house? So I remember driving by and there was always some sort of police presence, some sort of security there. Uh, the idea that this multi-million dollar mansion doesn't have security cameras, that uh, there's so many inconsistencies. Look, I, I don't want anybody to be attacked. And, and I, I I, I pray for uh, Mr. Pelosi's full, complete recovery. Make no mistake about that. But, man, there, there are a lot of questions that are coming up, and I, I don't hear a lot of answers. No, I don't either, um, Jeff, and uh, it's uh, it's bizarre. I think the reason why it's it, it, this concerns me is you had the President of the United States on national television trying to make this out to be some sort of a political attack and, he, and blaming Trump supporters. I mean, this guy was a drug dealer. He was yep. a nudist. He yep. uh, what uh, flew the BLM flag and the gay pride flag. Uh, this guy's not exactly screaming MAGA supporter. <laughs> no, he he definitely is not, uh, and it, it it seems to be the first time. Todd, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be the first time uh, that the Democrats are concerned with somebody being in the country illegally committing crimes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. All right, Jeff, we got to leave it there. A busy news day here, and I know you've got a big show to prepare for uh, this afternoon in Virginia. Uh, we really appreciate your great work. Well, thank you, Todd. It's always a pleasure to be here. We love having you on the station. You are simply, for my money, the best of the best. And so uh, God bless you, my friend. We'll talk soon, I hope. All right, let's do it. And we'll get you back on Election Day. Jeff Katz, everybody, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We've got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Well, taking it easy on this Friday, four days before the midterm elections. Hope you're doing great wherever you are. Big football game coming up tomorrow. It's going to be pretty earth-shattering with the Tennessee Volunteers, ranked number one in the college playoffs, uh, is uh, taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, Tennessee, got to, well, Grace, I know you're excited about this. You've got like a huge, What are you, what are you doing tomorrow? I don't know what I'm doing yet, Todd. I'm going to go somewhere and watch it. My thing is like, I got to, it's just going to be a good game. So I've got to watch Georgia and Tennessee and I got to watch my Tigers, but they're playing at the same time. So I got to go somewhere with multiple televisions. Oh, I see. So you'll be at one of the little sports bars. Probably. All right. Well, yeah, for me, it's Georgia, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be wearing the orange. Can't tomorrow. imagine why. Not. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Our good friend, Congressman Andy Biggs, joins us. And, Congressman, big news uh, coming out from House Judiciary. You guys have sent, what, a thousand page letter to the Justice Department and the FBI. Um, what's in that letter, sir? Well, it's, uh, it's our report on, on how the uh, politi- how the FBI and the Department of Justice have been politicized and weaponized for political purposes, uh, how they've gone after political enemies and whatnot. And, and so, 
you know, everything from we, that we've been gleaning from whistleblowers um, as they've been coming out. And, and by the way, they keep coming. They keep coming because a lot of them want to protect this country and the rights that we have, but they also love the institution of the FBI. They liked being law enforcement, and they, they view it as corrupt. They say it's rotten at its core, at its core. And specifically, Congressman, you guys are pointing out the anti-conservative bias uh, coming out of the FBI and the DOJ. Uh, can you share with us some of the more, I, I guess, salacious uh, details that you guys have uncovered over the past however many years? Well, one of the ones that I, I think is important to understand is that that the leadership there was actually um, pressuring line agents to inflate the number of domestic violence uh, acts, uh, domestic violence terrorist acts, so that they could then use that in turn to go again against more conservatives. So, in other words, they're laying the predicate by falsifying data, and and that that is absolutely uh, craziness. I mean, that's it's a, such an abuse of authority and power. And then the other thing I would say that that's related to that is uh, you've got the president of the United States who continues to come out, including again this week, and basically label anybody that disagrees with him politically as a domestic terrorist. And so you're seeing this generated right down to the highest levels of Merrick Garland, uh, Christopher Ray, who lead these uh, these two organizations, DOJ and FBI, uh, respectively. And what I find fascinating about all that is, while he's out there saying, "Oh, we're concerned about these threats of violence," it's actually the conservatives who have been the victims of the violence. So, from Lee Zeldin, uh, most recently, you had a a lawmaker down in North Carolina. Somebody fired a gun into his family's home. Uh, you've got the attack on the poor kid from, was it North Dakota, who was literally run over and killed because of the, the fact that he happened to be a Republican. Yeah, and it just it goes on, and, it's, and so it's, a, again, an idea of the left projecting. Um, their rhetoric has been so inciting, and they're, they're talking about the election being stolen already. Hillary Clinton's already talking about that. And then at the same time, that... We're, they're saying that we're enemies instead of political opponents. I mean, that's really what we are. We're political opponents. They're political opponents. They're categorizing us instead as political enemies, and they give fodder to these people. How about the hundred uh, or plus uh, bombings of Catholic churches and crisis pregnancy centers? You know, Todd, you could just uh, a whole litany of this type of thing that goes on because of the rhetoric of the left. And I think what this report does it kind of highlights that the that even the most trusted or what used to be the most trusted uh, police agency in the country, perhaps the world, was the FBI. And now that institution is um, in uh, reputational disrepair. Congressman, uh, just four days from now, we're going to know who's going to be controlling the House and the Senate. Let's say, and it's um, looking more and more, I mean, it's looking like a, a tsunami, but we we're not going to take anything for granted. But when the Republicans do take charge, what is the first order of business, aside from the 87,000 IRS agents and doing away with them? Well, I mean, there's so many things that you have to do. In my opinion, my, my first order is to reintroduce my my impeachment articles on Secretary Mayorkas. But then there's a whole bunch of other things that have to be done. We have to, The Judiciary Committee is, is, is working on this right now. 
to get ready to open up these investigations. I mean, Hunter Biden, again, is part of this report that we've put out. So you have to do that. Then you also have to you have to do the first pieces of legislation that are so important as well is things to do with uh, energy. You're going to have to do things with energy. You have to do things with the border. And you have to protect. Todd, I can't tell you how important this is. We have to protect the, that we don't allow the Democrats in the lame duck to do a year-long budget. Um, you, uh, because if that happens, then that means that the number one leverage point that we have, which is the budget, goes away and we're we're playing catch-up. So, uh, you know, the Republicans allowed them to do a short-term post-election uh, uh, CR, continuing resolution spending bill. We've got to stop that in the lame duck. That's before we even get the new people in. Uh, the Republicans in the Senate have got to stop that because if they give that full year, that will impede what we want to do, Todd. And, and Congressman, if that happens, uh, you know, again, and to your point, Republicans have a bad habit of like, oh, we don't want to shut down the government. If that's what it takes, that may be what it takes. But we've got to stop yes. that from happening. Amen. That's right. And you have to have the courage to stand there and because you'll get blamed. But the reality is, if you don't stop that, then uh, then we're we're in for a long two years of trying to fight with with uh, perhaps both hands tied behind our back. So we've got to get make sure everybody is on board and leadership, GOP leadership, they're going to have to hold the line on this, no matter how painful it might look from a you know publicity standpoint. Uh, the reality of it is we've got to stand firm on that. Congressman, I hate to do this, but we're coming up against the, uh, the break. We appreciate the great work you're doing. Good luck out there on the campaign trail Tuesday. Hey, thanks, Todd, and let's have a tsunami. Everybody get out and vote. I love it. Congressman Andy Biggs, everybody, from the great state of Arizona, represents the 5th Congressional District, also a member of House Judiciary and the House Freedom Caucus. Oh, I just somebody just sent me the notice that's going out to Twitter employees. Half of the Twitter workforce being sent to the unemployment line, thanks to Elon Musk. Twitter people are upset. They're like, how dare he? Well, he owns the thing. He can do whatever he wants to do. We'll be right back. It's, it's looking like a, a landslide out there, folks. I mean, it's race after race is flipping from uh, leaning Democrat to toss up. We're going we're gonna to pay very close attention over the next couple of days, but things are looking good right now for the Republicans. Let's go to Nevada. Martin listening to us on the Nevada Talk Network. Hi, Martin. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to preface this, Todd, by saying a happy, valent- happy Valentine's Day. Happy Veterans Day. For the Vietnam veterans, I am one. And uh, for all the other veterans of all the wars we've had over the years. Uh, I wanted, I talked to Grace. I told her that uh, Trump has a mouth. Now, I've heard him use the, uh, well, I, I won't mention the word. I can't over the air. But he, he's, a, he's a construction guy. I've seen him with a hard hat at a construction site. But he, occasionally he gets carried away. As a Catholic, uh, I'm sure Catholics will vote for Trump, a lot of them. And uh, they got to accept that uh, he, he uh, you know, he's been around. And uh, so there's a lot of talk about, you know, uh, his language at times. And uh, I just uh, hope that everybody votes for Trump. I'm a Trump supporter. Yeah, Martin, uh, we will find out. Uh, the reporting is that Trump is going to make that announcement on November 14th. 
and uh, we will see. Um, we've, we know that Ron DeSantis says he will not run if Trump is in the race. Uh, Mike Pompeo, Pence, others are saying that they will challenge the former president. It'll be a heck of a primary, but I think Trump's going to come out on top. So, Martin, uh, we appreciate you calling, and thanks for uh, listening to the Nevada Talk Network. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now, one of the best pollsters in America. He's with the Trafalgar Group. Robert Cahaley joins us. Robert, uh, appreciate you joining us four days out. I know you guys are uh, are pretty busy these days. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. My dad would describe this as a one-armed paper hanger. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, Robert. Uh, let's talk about, uh, what, four days out here, and I'm curious how things are, are looking. What What is Tuesday shaping up to be? Well, what we're seeing is kind of what we expected, and that is some of the people who are saying they're undecided or for third-party candidates are kind of consolidating behind the challengers, and in most cases, those are the Republicans. And so, you know, you had races that were like six or seven points out, and they're going, the Democrats have a huge lead, but they're at 48, but they're at 49. And so now all of a sudden, it's like 49 to 48. And so what you're seeing is, is, is this consolidation is happening. It, it uh, in, for example, New Hampshire, the parties come back together. Sununu has even come out and endorsed uh, in a supporting campaign with Bullock. Uh, we see Bullock pulling ahead in our poll. He also pulled ahead in the St. Anthony College poll because the Republicans have come together on that one. Uh, what was a very divided Republican Party in um, Colorado, we saw uh, a lot of division, a lot of frustration. They've all kind of fallen in behind their day, and now it's within two points of a minute. And we see the uh, the libertarian has chosen to get out of the race in Arizona and support master, masters. And now, you know, just with the libertarian vote, I, I know there's a there's a poll coming out today that I heard about already that'll show masters dead even with Kelly. And that's very dangerous going you know into that election because Kelly has been ninety percent plus vote with Biden, and they got as an automatic contrast. Cinema, who's shown what it means to buck your party. You have uh, Herschel Walker since the debate, nothing but positive uh, polls from all the more credible polling companies. The only ones that are showing Walker behind are companies that literally have an error rate of over five in 2020. Uh, Pennsylvania, Oz has moved ahead in like five different polls. We even have Mastriano within five points now. So, I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. Uh, you know, I never really thought uh, North Carolina was, a, was an issue. Pretty much a consensus is four or five points on that one. Uh, you still have great stability um, with J.D. Vance in Ohio maintaining a lead. Uh, Johnson's got a lead uh, in Wisconsin. And everything just – there are – the weak spots just aren't there. I mean, it, certainly everything's close enough that something could happen and, and turnout can move anything. Turnout in these races can move them five to ten points. Robert, I was especially intrigued by some polling you guys did in New York State and uh, the headline from Breitbart, uh, Chuck Schumer barely above 50% in his re-election race. What does that tell you? Yeah, I mean, again, that's one of those things where Chuck is at 508 
and the Republicans only at 40. But that says he's a Senate majority leader, 50.8. Like, that, that's, you should be concerned about that. You should be concerned anytime you're right at 50. Because then you got up in a wave and everybody consolidates by another candidate and something can happen. And the, here's the point, and this is what I've been saying, as you probably know, for months. I just said it for the first time on CNN. Uh, and I said, people, conservative MAGA Republicans are afraid. Biden has basically put a target on them, and there are a lot of them around the country who are scared to death to be identified, to be, to, to be castigated, to be investigated. And they're telling me, we're not taking polls. They are withdrawing. And so all these polls are this close without them participating. Now, and I call this the, the, the submerged vote. They're not hidden. They're not shy. They're just not taking polls. They're not answering the phones for polls. They're not posting on social media. They're not putting stickers on the car, no signs in the yard. They're not even telling their friends. They are staying out of politics except for going to vote. And they're not even being measured. Have you seen anything like this in recent memory? No. And this is what we, I mean, we kind of made our reputation at identifying the shy Trump voter in 2016. And you had to coax them a little bit, and there were some things you could do to kind of get them to admit they were for Trump. That was one thing. In 2020, Republicans who supported Trump were just, they were the vast majority of Republicans, but they were hesitant to take a poll, so you had to work extra hard. And, and increase your sample size because Republicans who didn't like Trump couldn't wait to take a poll. And you could disproportionately represent them if you didn't work hard. This is different. And this started after Biden's speech because we had within three weeks six people that call us or send us a picture of a text and say, I got this poll. Is it you? I didn't know whether somebody was pretending to be y'all. Like, I never had that happen had six times since Biden's speech in three weeks. People so scared. That, 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 that the government is somehow trying to make a list of MAGA Republicans to come get them, to identify them, to investigate them, to give them an audit, whatever. Well, that would explain why Biden came back out and delivered another threatening speech like that, just to make sure they didn't miss the message. Well, that's the point. But the message they got was show up, cast your vote, and leave, and don't let anybody know who you voted for. That's the message they got. Because here's the thing. There's something about politics. When, when you get to express who you're for, when you get to hold up a sign, when you get to go to a rally, when you get to put a sticker in your car, you, you kind of get to scratch that political itch. But if you can't do any of that, the only way to scratch it is to vote. And you will, you will drive through cones to vote at that point. Fascinating. That's the only way to scratch that itch. It's just fascinating to see all of this play out. And, and again, I, the idea that we live in a country where you would have the other side actually trying to stop people to vote by threatening them, intimidating them, and using the White House as the bully pulpit to do that, uh, that that's almost unheard of. And yet the, the narrative is so crazy that somehow the Republicans don't want people to vote. And I just I, – I, I really cannot get my arms around it. I mean, they are, they are, you see them on CNN and on uh, The View attacking, well, the polling average is dominated by a conservative pollster. You know what? We're not new here. We've been here for three years. The reason we seem to be dominating is because your mainstream media outlets and your liberal universities are afraid of the test that comes when you put a poll out the last three weeks. 
the accountability that comes when you do that. We're in the arena and have the courage to put our reputation on the line. Where are they? Why are all the alphabet networks not out there? Because they got three choices. One, they can tell the truth and give the Republicans momentum. Two, they can lie and look foolish on election day. Or three, they can do nothing and have their polls so far down the average nobody remembers the nonsense they were saying two months ago. They're choosing the third. Unbelievable. Uh, well, we, we've we been following your polls for, for a number of years now, and th- they're just spot on. And you guys work very hard at that, and, and I appreciate that and bringing that information to our listeners. Robert, real quick here before we let you go, uh, what's your prediction for Election Day? You think uh, Republicans are going to take uh, the House and the Senate? Yes, I think Republicans take the House uh, and the Senate, and I think you you may have, it really depends on how big this unidentified vote is, of how big the wave is. I mean, you could see Republicans win the Senate by one vote. Maybe Georgia goes to a runoff and it's two votes. Or you can see amazing things happen, like this thing. I mean, Washington State's all by mail, and they can bring it uh, even on Election Day. So if they're still counting in Washington State and waiting to count the ones that came in the mail, rest assured, that one may go Republican, too. And I, there are a lot of these seats that are close, and it is all about turnout. This is not a, this is, this is a motivational election. Whichever side turns out the most people wins, and right now the Republicans have that momentum. All right, Robert, great work, and we'll try to touch base with you between now and Election Day. I know you're going to be a busy fella, and uh, it's going to be fascinating. Sounds good. Take care, guys. All right. Robert Cahaley with the Trafalgar Group. He is a senior strategist and pollster. And you heard it. You can kind of read between the lines here. He, this could be catastrophic for the Democrats. If, if what Robert is suggesting is actually going to happen, and you've got a submerged, a submerged percentage of Republican voters, and they're not talking to the pollsters they're not talking to anybody they're just going to show up and they're going to go vote on election day we could see um, massive wins for republicans and i am curious you heard robert say that there are a lot of people who are conservative they're republicans and they're just terrified they're terrified of being outed they're terrified of being investigated Uh, they don't want people to know who they're supporting one way or the other and they're going to make their voice known only in the ballot box is is that you Is that somebody you know? 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, folks, coming up next week, it's it's going to be jam-packed. We're going to be taking you all over the country and updating you on a lot of the big races. And, of course, Tuesday night, you'll be able to watch our programming live on social media and, of course, at ToddSterns.com. Six hours of election night coverage uh, coming your way. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Grace Baker, you're going to have to, like, drink a lot of coffee or have some of that uh, caffeine, the you Celsius. Mean the Celsius? Yes, thank you. I was. Yeah, I might be time. having a Celsius that night. Not gonna lie. Um, by the way, new campaign commercial coming out for John Fetterman, the stroke survivor. Have you seen the video? I saw like a clip of it, and it's it looks weird. like somebody took their cell phone and recorded it. I yeah. thought it was like a parody at first. Well, it sort of is, but uh, it's it's John Fetterman 
and he is trying to reenact a famous Super Bowl TV commercial oh. from Coca-Cola. So this was back in, was this the, the commercial was 1979. Well, no wonder I don't know. And it's it Mean Joe Green is beat up and he's limping towards the football field. He's just had a rough, he's he's injured, he's not doing well, he's got his jersey slung over, okay. and he meets this little kid in the uh, in, this, oh, in no. the tunnel Where is this towards the Steelers' locker room, and the little boy comes up behind him and he offers his help, and Mean Joe Green says, no, I'm good. And then um, he offers Mean Joe Green his Coca-Cola. Oh. It's, it, man, it tugs at the heartstrings. I mean, people wept openly. <laughs> it was oh, just wow. a beautiful thing. And then, and then Mean Joe Green, he drinks the boy's Coca-Cola, the entire bottle, and then the little boy just kind of like turns around and says, "See you later, Mister Green." And um, and then the then Mean Joe Green stops and says, "Hey, kid!" And he turns around and he th- tosses the little boy his jersey. Wow! And then the boy says, "Wow, thanks, Mean Joe." <laughs> and then he walks out of the. Why locker. is he called Mean Joe? Mean Joe Green. That's, okay, he's a football player, but he's a nice guy though. So anyway, Fetterman was basically trying to say that he is Mean Joe Green limping towards election day. That's not a good look. No, it's not. And did you if you see the video, it's not even like in a locker room, it's like in this weird hallway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like this, in a basement? I don't know where it is. And he's struggling. It's horrible. Is he in Joe Biden's basement? Maybe? It looks like Fetterman can barely stand up, and so he's like grasping onto the wall. <laughs> That's pitiful. All right. We'll post a link to it. on, the, But you can see it on Twitter. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. I, I just don't get that. Um, also, the um, the story out of San Francisco. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say, people. I really don't know what to say. But, Grace, this is just a weird story with uh, Nancy Pelosi now saying, well, we just want our privacy. Oh, it's so we sus. We just need our privacy. Sus. Oh, you think so? Sus. You Major think it is sus. suspect? Mm-hmm. All right. I do. Uh, I just don't know what to make of it. The timing, I'm not saying it was, like, fake. I'm just saying that the timing, like, you think they would want this to move along, but I feel like they're drawing it out before the midterms for this very purpose to, like, distract everybody. Well, look, I wouldn't have even cared that. I mean, first of all, it's a terrible story, but I wouldn't care about it enough to talk about it on the radio program, except that the Democrats have been coming out and trying to say this was some sort of a MAGA attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. It's a distraction, just that part of it. I mean, the media aspect of it's a total distraction. That's why they're dragging it out instead of just being like, look, this is what happened and move on. Oh, by the way, the letters went out for the Twitter employees. Oh, so yeah. So you're either Snow getting flakes a, are melting. You're getting an email saying your job is safe, and then the other half is getting an email saying you got to go find new new work. So say goodbye to the red wine dispenser. And so now the employees are like, "How dare he?" So they're How filing a lawsuit. He? Who do they think? Who does he think he is? Well, he's the, the owner boss. of the company. The boss. He is the boss. And if he decides we don't need 7,500 workers at Twitter, oh, they don't call it Twitter HQ. They call it the birdhouse. That's kind of creepy. It's bizarre. No, I mean, it's actually in the letter. They call it the birdhouse. Oh, my gosh. But now they're shutting down all the offices, so they're not going to open up anytime soon. And I guess they don't want people doing shenanigans. Some of these folks are going to have to fly the coop. But I love how they call it. It used to be like your your pink slip, but now they're calling it it's a non-working notice. That's not as fun. 
No, that's a not. mouthful. You're fired. That's what they should have done. Elon should have called Trump up. Could you imagine? Oh, that would have been Throw great. Throw back to the celebrity. They could have brought them all into the boardroom and Trump just line them up. You know, Put Ivanka on one side. Yeah. Remember, she always sat there. Oh, that's true. And the, I watched that show And then the rotating cast of other characters. Oh, yeah. Whose names I don't It was a great recall. show. Oh, it was fantastic. It was. So anyway, uh, there you go. So Twitter, and by the way, Twitter is still Twitter. They're still they're still blocking people and shadow banning. None of that's been fixed yet. So no, it's going to take time. Not Be sure patient, why people are all fired everybody. up. So Be yeah, there you go. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up from the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Been fun today. Get get some rest this weekend uh, because next week is going to be bonkers. By the way, go Tennessee Volunteers. We're going to have a great day on Rocky Top. I want to thank Grace and Kyle, our great team here, Caleb and the writing team. You guys are awesome. You folks get out there. Have a good Friday, and be sure to go to church this weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.